And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell on his face at his feet and giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Praise the Lord. Lord, bless the reading and the hearing of his word. Um, have you ever heard about squeaky wheels? What do they say about squeaky wheels? The proverb is, um, squeaky wheels make noise, but they get the grease. The squeaky wheel make noise and they get greased. But you would be tired of a wheel that doesn't stop squeaking. It's irritating to the ear. And... Um, it seems if the grease is not working, then it will continue to squeak. We should not be like squeaky wheels who are silent when satisfied, but noisy when they are in need. Silent when you grease the wheel, it stops squeaking. Um, but when it's it's not greased, it's squeaking. Are we like squeaky wheels? And when we get grease, we are silent. We don't give God thanks. We don't glorify God. But the squeaking continues. Uh, do we only squeak? Are we grateful sometimes? Do we say thank you? Do we say I need, I need, I need? I never say thank you. God wants us to live a life of gratitude. A grateful spirit demonstrates confidence in God. Philippians 4 verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. We cannot rejoice if we are not grateful. Paul wants us to rejoice always. It seems to mean that we should strive to rejoice. Notice he repeats the command. Again, I say rejoice. You see, it's very important. So he repeats it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why is it so important? Why does he repeat it? Because Paul realized that they, it's not easy. 
And there are times when it seems like we cannot rejoice because of what's going on in our lives. How can we rejoice when everything is not well? Joseph had a lot to complain about. Joseph, as we know in the Bible, he was treated very badly by his brothers. And not only that, he was thrown into prison for things that he didn't do. Yet, when his brothers were repenting for what they did to him, he said, um, don't be, don't um, be hard on yourselves. Because whereas you meant it for evil, God used it for good. So even in his, his difficulties, even in, in, in the way they treated him, he found something to rejoice about. Because, according to Romans chapter 8, verse 28, he said, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So, even though some things are not so good, for the children of God, all things work together for good to them that love God. You see, um, we might not know how it happens, but it does work for good sometimes in ways that we do not understand or we don't notice. Um, I remember my brother used to uh, go to work on... Uh, in Old Harbor in Jamaica, and they used to cut cane. And one week, he, he fell off the truck, and I think he broke his hand, so he couldn't go to work. And he was like mad about it because he said he just wanted to work some money and now look what happened to him. But that same week, the truck that carried them met head on with another truck. Several people died and many were injured. So he was not on the truck because he was he, he, he got um he was sick. So here he is seeing now that the folly got might have saved him from something more serious. Sometimes we don't know what some mishaps prevent us from, from, from getting into. We don't know what we are saved from. Um, the children of Israel, they were in Egypt for over 400 years of slavery. And um, God sent Moses and through the use of many um, plagues and miracles, 
he was able to take the children of Israel out of Egypt and were to lead them to the promised land. But on the way, they had many obstacles. And despite the fact that God had um, sent 10 plagues on the Egyptians and wrought many miracles to deliver them out of Egypt, they never learned to be grateful to God. And every obstacle that they met, they complained. And um, I was thinking about complaining. And complaining, um, we can use some words, whining. Um, Murmuring. Yes. Whining. Complaining, blaming, begging, rebellion, and even boasting. We talk a little more about those things. But they whined at the Red Sea. They whined about how Moses took them to drown them in the wilderness or to kill them in the wilderness. And if they were not graves in Egypt and, and they... When they saw Pharaoh and his host coming, they, they, they forgot what God had done for them before. And they complained at the Red Sea. And then God miraculously parted the Red Sea and they were able to escape from Pharaoh and his host um, without being caught. Now, but further on, they, they, um, they were thirsty. And they came to a certain water. When they tasted the water, it was bitter. And they started to complain again. Oh, we don't have any water. This water is bitter. What do you take us out of Egypt for? And God um, turned the water sweet and they were able to drink the water. Then they murmured for food. Oh, we used to live and have the flat, fresh Hot and we had a lot of food in Egypt. We we're better off in Egypt as slaves uh, because we had a lot to eat and so on. And God provided food for them. He gave them manna and he gave them um, meat. They were thirsty again and there was no water they couldn't see any water, and they started on Moses. Um, would to God we had died in Egypt. Why you take us into the wilderness to so we can die from thirst? And uh, Moses was so upset. Instead of speaking to the rock, he struck the rock, and um, water came out, and they were dead. They still were um, had the practice of murmuring because Moses went up to the to mount the mountain to uh, to get the commandments from God, and he stayed longer than they expected. And when he didn't come back, they started complaining again. Oh, where is this Moses? We have not seen him for so long. We're, we we need leaders to lead us. Um, for this Moses is gone and not coming back. 
and our make us gods. And so they forced Aaron to make them a god out of a, a calf, and make a golden calf um, for them to worship. And they give credit to the, to, the, to the golden calf. This is the god that took you out of Egypt. They further went, and when they were close to the land, the promised land, they, um, they, Moses sent spies to spy out the land. And 10 of the spies, when they came back, they came back with a discouraging report that the land was a bad place. And there were giants and walls and the land eat up the people. And, and they started to murmur again and blame Moses. Will you take, out of, take us out of Egypt for, for us to die? Why? And they complained. So they kept murmuring. And you know, sometimes when we murmur, we think we're murmuring against people. Because they could see Moses and they murmur against Moses. But our overall manner of living or our lifestyle, our attitude. Um, overall attitude is, is reflects our gratefulness to God, our gratitude to God. Our attitude reflects how, how we think, what we think of God. If we're miserable every day, mean and so on, it's not just mean to people. It's because we're dissatisfied with our life overall. And when we're overall dis dissatisfied with our life, we're only reflecting or we're demonstrating how we think about God. Because we're not satisfied with what God has done for us. So we are miserable. Think about it. We might be miserable with people, but we are really showing how, what we think of God. Yeah. That's why um, David, when he wrote the Psalm, he said, forget not. All is benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't forget, because we tend to forget the good things, and only when we need grease in our wheels, we, they hear us. Only when we need grease that people know we are around. But when we are greased, we are silent. Because we don't give thanks. Some of us, not all of us. Or sometimes we do that. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. God is the one who causes us to live, to survive in times like this. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. So God is one who does all those things. 
Ingratitude is characterized by whining, complaining, blaming, begging, rebellion, and even boasting. Whining. How is whining different from complaining? Whining, you don't have to have anybody around you to whine. But you need somebody to complain to. So we can be whining without anybody addressing anybody, just whining, just, com just complaining to ourselves and about life in general, not really speaking to anybody, but just miserable. But when we complain, really, there's a person or persons that we are um, addressing and expect to improve our situation. So we complain. But there's another aspect we start to blame them. We don't take responsibility for some of the things that happen. And we blame others. The children of Israel, they blamed Moses. Whereas Moses was not responsible for their situation. But they blame Moses. Sometimes we blame people. But really, it's because we're not grateful to God while we find people to blame. You know, we can see God. And really, it's our ingratitude to God why we're complaining sometimes. And the people around us get the blunt of the... Of the of our anger and our wrath, our dissatisfaction, when we complain. But we're really complaining um, because we don't appreciate what God has done for us. And another way we show um, ingratitude is by begging. Sometimes we beg although we have. And if we beg when we have, we are not grateful to God for what we have. And ingratitude can lead to outright rebellion. Because when we think God has not done enough for us, then we rebel against God and we, we cease to walk with him. because we are not grateful to God. To be grateful to God, we must learn to identify what God has done for us. We must know what God has done for us. That's why the writer said, bless the Lord, my, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We have to learn to identify the benefits. And we can even be ungrateful when we boast. How could that be? Well, there was a rich man that his field produced a lot, his farm produced a lot. And he, he said to himself, now um, I have so much, I have so much. I have to break, um, tear down my barns and build 
bigger bonds. Then I'm going to say, store all my goods in those big barns and said, um, so you have much goods stored up for the future. Take your ease. I eat and drink and be merry. I relax. I will have fun. But he's bragging about what he had, not giving God the glory for what he had. It's a form of ingratitude because you're giving yourself credit for something that somebody has um, did for you, something that God has done for you. You're taking the credit and bragging about it. So we may be blessed, but we must remember that our blessings come from God. So ingratitude, ingratitude can um, manifest itself in whining, complaining, blaming, begging, um, and even hate and covetousness and all kind of the, 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 um, the work of the flesh according to Galatians chapter five. Galatians five. Oh, I get it. Galatians, Ephesians. Galatians chapter five. And they talk about the work of the flesh. When we are controlled by the flesh, then we, um, it says, you know, this I say, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that he cannot do the things that he would. And let's go down to him, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. So the, when we um, are ungrateful to God, we will manifest the work of the flesh. But when we are grateful to God, we are going to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. So when we are grateful to God, we're going to demonstrate. We're going to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. And we read in our text where the 10 lepers, the, the lepers were considered unclean and they could mix with the society. If they're walking on the street and the crowd see them, the crowd would run or they have to cry out, unclean, unclean, so that the people would get out of their way. So they were outcasts. But they saw Jesus and the and they said, um, Lord, have mercy on us, help us. And Jesus said, okay, 
go show yourself to the priest. And they went to show themselves to the priest. On their way, they were cleansed. And one who was a Samaritan, and Jesus made sure he mentioned that he was a Samaritan because there was something about Samaritans that they were not good people. They were, and it's two, more than one, more than two places maybe, you have in the Bible where the Jesus Christ highlighted the good deed of Samaritan. And, and, and the others were not Samaritan, maybe. But he returned to Jesus and gave him thanks for what he had done. The other nine, after their wheels were greased, they went their way. This one went back and gave Jesus thanks. And Jesus said, they're not one, but a Samaritan who were considered like dogs. But that Samaritan was grateful. So, we have to learn to be grateful because ingratitude is a sin. Ungratefulness is a sin. Um, according to, we have to learn to, to be grateful because it takes skill and the help of God to be grateful in our world today because um, it's not easy. In Philippians chapter 4 that we talk about already. Philippians chapter 4. Um, it, it, it tries to help us to be grateful to God. How to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It will take um, a lot of um, effort to be able to rejoice in the Lord all the time, even when things are not going very well. So he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Then he mentioned, he said, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. So he's telling us how to be grateful, how to live a great uh, life of gratitude, how, how to cultivate that life of gratitude, because we are living a simple, very difficult world, a lot of problems, um, a lot of occasion where we might um, be ungrateful, but we need to learn to be, to be grateful. And um, he said, no, think on these things. We have to think on these things. If we are gonna be living a, a joyful life, we have to 
um, control our thinking. And he said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. If we think on the, the things that make us uh, mad about people, think of all the evil that people do to us, or who we don't like, or why we don't like them, then we are not going to be grateful. We are not going to be happy. We are going to be miserable. But we have to cultivate our mind. Let's look at Philippians chapter 4, the same chapter, from verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Now that I speak in, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You have learned. It takes learning, takes effort to be contented. We have to learn. Every day we have to go to school to learn to be contented because there's so much to make us not contented. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So, I, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So, we might say, that's impossible. How can I be happy when I should be sad? Oh, I can, can I be joyful when I, when I should be sad? How can I give thanks when I'm living in want? How can I give thanks when I'm sick and feeling pain? Sometimes, Sister Miller, um, I said, how are you doing? She said, thank the Lord. She's feeling pain, but she's always saying, always saying, thank the Lord, you know? Find a way to be thankful. Notwithstanding, ye have done well that he did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but he only. For even in Thessalonica, he sent once again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. What I have all and abound, I am full, I will receive of Ephroditus the things which were sent from you. An order, order of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And I am um, 
according to this verse, because he said, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all your needs. That gives me reason to be joyful. That gives me reason to have hope. That gives me reason to know that I will be provided for. That gives me reason to believe that this pandemic, we will live through it. We will overcome because my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory. And I want to say this, that he was talking to the Philippians. The Philippians, remember what precedes this, what precedes this, what comes before this. It was, he was praising them, thanking them for the gifts that they gave to him. So when he said, my God shall supply all your needs, he was speaking to those kind uh, Philippians. It's not for everybody, I'm sorry. It's for the people who God is rewarding for what they did to Paul or, or, or in, in general. So it's not just that we take this verse out of the Bible and say, oh, my God shall supply all my needs according to the riches in glory. Yes, he does do that every day for us. He's the one who provides everything for us. But he was specifically talking to the Philippians here who gave to Paul in his name. And Paul was saying, now you do these things, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. So with this, we can be thankful to God because we, we, we know that he will supply all our needs. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. And we know that he who has done great things for us in the past will do it again. He's, he's not just stopping there. He has brought us safe this far and he'll take us on. Oh Lord bless you and keep you and give you a very um, prosperous rest of the year and next year.